I know a gentleman that's going to be a big part of an upcoming card is this, this man. What was that? Macho man Randy Savage. It happened so fast you can't even talk about it. Lucky person, yeah, out there somewhere is going to win a silver cloud. What a lucky, lucky, lucky person. And Tito Santana, if you mm. go to the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship out with the Macho Man Randy Savage and escape with your life and still lose your belt. You are a lucky, lucky, lucky Tito. Yeah, that's what they're going to be calling you. Because comparatively speaking to the Macho Man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nothing but garbage, Gaina. And I'm talking inevitable, and I'm talking you can't hold that belt with me climbing through the ropes. Gene Okerlund right here is a crying towel. And I want you to give that to Tito Santana. Yeah, because things are just popping right now. Things are starting to cultivate. Things are starting to grow. I, I, things are getting real colorful. Oh, look at that roll. Just like the silver cloud Rolls Royce. I, I'm very Top curious. Top of the line. Wait a minute. Randy. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom. Who was hey, on track? Oh, Come on, man. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk. He lied! Yeah! Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, <laughs> tongue tied a little bit there to start, but welcome back to the Sports Desk, episode 184, it is your guy, your mans, one more time, one half of your sportsologist, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr., back for another episode, me and Black took a week off, enjoyed the fourth, we went out of, we was out of town a little bit, kind of doing our own thing, man, just trying to enjoy life all right man but we are back we are back definitely with a brand new episode i am in studio by myself currently but i'll be getting black on the phone in just a second um we you know it's a slow time of the uh year for sports man but we able to we were able to put together some things on the docket to bring to you guys man and have those discussions that you uh guys love for us to have all right so hopefully everybody's out there cool safe and healthy and um yeah, man, we just thank you for all the support for sure. All right, so we're still waiting on that blockbuster news from Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. We are waiting. We are waiting. We don't. We are waiting. We do not know when we're going to get it, but it would really be cool if we were to get uh, some breaking news um, about that. <laughs> we would really be cool if we were to get some breaking news about that. I would not be mad at all. Okay, so of course you know there's a lot of you know conversation and dialogue concerning uh kevin durant and you know kyrie irving and everything they have going on so i don't know man at any moment at any time we could get that breaking news and um you know it'll be really uh it'd be really fun to get into whatever happened with those two all right so let's not waste any time we got plenty on the docket today let's go ahead and get black uh, in on the phone so we can go ahead and get this episode started. It always feels weird um, when I'm in studio by myself. There we go. Let's get Black in on the phone, man. Hello? Yo. 
All right, my boy, we can't hear you, bro. You sound muffled and far away. Oh, man. All right, what about now? Yep, loud and clear, my boy. All right. All right, what's up with you, man? No, my boy, what's going on, man? Happy to be back, my boy. Absolutely, man. I was just telling him before I called you, man, you know, me and you had to take, you know, take a little time off. Yeah, man. We've been getting, I've been getting some threatening calls and, you know, some serious, serious, serious disappointments were at work, like where we been, right. what we doing, like. It's yeah. crazy, bro, how uh, people be doing us, bro, when we don't put the show out, man. Yeah, man, same here, man. But, I, you know, tell them chill, 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 man. Black got lives, too, man. <laughs> yeah. Before, so before we uh get going on the docket, I kind of, you know, let our listeners know we're waiting on the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving news to drop. They're kind of holding the NBA uh hostage, so to speak, <laughs> right now. So it's just kind of a waiting game and um you know we're ready to dive into you know all of the conversations that got that are going to come with Kevin Durant and his new team Kyrie Irving hopefully with the Los Angeles Lakers you know we are ready to get it going um with all of that conversation once it happens man so the NBA world is really the sports world is really kind of at a standstill as football season is fastly approaching man so black you know are you tired of waiting on this news or are you just ready for it to get going man I, I, for me, um, I'm ready to hear the news, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> is it, would you say it's, I don't know if it's a good thing that it's taking this long because it's giving a lot of people something, it's giving people a lot to talk about. Like, I can promise you, D, like, it seems like every day I've been to work since this happened, it always come up in conversations at work. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like. Yeah. It's a hot it's a hot topic and it's good for sports to yeah. have some like I was telling you but we was preparing for the show, like to have something to talk about like this and you know the what ifs and when it happened, right. where were the Lakers at, where would the Nets go, like yep. where's KD going? What's is are we gonna be able to get Kyrie and LeBron back in the finals again? Like just a yeah. lot of conversation. So I, I kinda I kinda love the I kind of love where we at because there's so many conversations, but I have to I have to say, yeah, I'm ready for it to go ahead and go through so we can have some more different type of conversations once we find out whatever the news is going to be. Yeah, same with you, man. I'm just kind of ready for the news. You know, we're doing a lot of hypothetical talks on not only our show, but on ESPN and FS1 and Yahoo Sports. Everybody's doing a lot of hypothetical conversations, so uh, we're just ready uh, for that news to get going, I think we lost Black Man. I guess he'll call right back in. So, uh, yeah. Um, so we're just waiting. So let's go ahead and get into the docket. I'm pretty sure I'll be getting Black uh, back in here um, after he lost connection or something like that. So on yesterday, man, you know, I was chilling, minding my business, and I love these conversations. I love when these topics uh, come about. Sort of like the uh, he go Black back in. Damn, my boy, what you ain't want to be on the sports desk? Oh, man, I lost for a minute. My bad, oh, Okay, okay. So, um, I, w- I was letting them know, man, we already going to go full steam ahead into the docket. So, I was telling our listeners, man, yesterday I was chilling, minding my business, man, and just, you know, kind of relaxing, man. And it came across my TV uh, that uh, 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 superstar, budding, budding superstar sensation, one of the new faces of the league, John Morant, uh, just got paid a big bag, $200 million. 
Um, had a great year, all NBA this year. Um, you know, he came out and, and, and he tested the water, so to speak. And he was asked on the Taylor Rook show over on Bleacher Report that, uh, you know, what would take place of her if him and Michael Jordan played a game of one on one. And John Morant came out and said that, you know, he basically would have cooked Jordan. He would have gave Jordan that work, would have cooked him one on one. And, and, you know, you, you, you got to bet on yourself. But let's have a little fun here. You got John Morant, man, one of the more explosive talents that we've seen recently with this type of freakish athletic ability. I'm going to say since Russell Westbrook, because he reminds me of a young Russ. So explosive, so quick. He's not as strong as Russ, but he's very, very flash, lightning boltly quick, and just freakish athleticism. Going up against arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. And we've heard all of the stories about what Michael Jordan used to do to folks in practice and one-on-ones and stuff like that. Now, Black, do you think that John Morant, let's say Jordan and John Morant were going to a game, going to a game of 12. Do you think John Morant, one, would have cooked Michael Jordan? And two, would do you think he would have had a real legit shot of beating Michael Jordan in a game of one-on-one? Uh, first... First, I'm gonna say this about this about his comments. I love the kid's confidence. Yeah, you know, like you just said, you have to bet on yourself. And for me, uh, today's basketball, you see a lot of that. These kids don't really care about who you are and your name. If you in all time status, these kids will want to go at you regardless of you. Are you from the from the new school, the old school, whatever. These kids in today's basketball, they bet on themselves and believe they could beat anybody. Right. But answer the question about would he cook Michael Jordan? I think not, sir. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> I think Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan is still Michael Jordan. You right. know, and if they was if if they were going to twelve, I'll I'll give John Morant maybe he might get to seven against Mike. He might get to seven. Wow. If they were Twelve, but um, I just I just really think that uh, Michael Jordan on the level. I think his that's one player you may not want to play one on one because it seems really he he might be really difficult to deal with right for anybody one on one. But um, I got to give the kid props, man. I like I like his confidence and what he's saying, but I definitely don't think he would have beat Mike. Um, well, like you said, I, I admire the confidence, but I'm gonna be real, man. I'm gonna answer the question first, my own question. Do I think he would have beat would he would John Morant would have beaten Michael Jordan in the game on one-on-one? I'm going to say no. And honestly, when I, you know, when I think about this, it just kind of puts me in the mindset of when a young Kyrie Irving was going at Kobe Bryant. And we've seen the video. We've seen the video when they were at the USA men's basketball uh camp. And we've seen what Kobe did to him. We seen <laughs> What he did to a kid with so much ability, Kyrie Irving, you know, all the confidence world, and he got shut down. And not only did he get shut down, Kobe shut him down when the Lakers went to Cleveland that following year, just to let Kyrie know, you know, he on a different level with it. You know, Mike is 6'6". He running, you know, roughly around that 215 to 220 range. John Moran is around 6'3", 6'4", probably right at that 200 mark. I just think when you get to Jordan's will defensively, and that's one of the things that's not talked about with Michael, 
he really had an opportunity to really display great defensive paralysis during his time in the league. Now, don't get me wrong. John Morant's athleticism would get him involved in the game. I think John Morant probably would score five or six points on Mike. But I don't see John Morant being able to play any defense on Jordan whatsoever. Jordan take him down in the post, back him down, hit him with the fadeaway. Athleticism, he'll get to the rack as well. I just think Jordan is just a mismatch for Ja. Now, we've seen Ja, you know, go against, you know, uh, somewhat of elite defenders in the league, and he's had his tag. He had his time. But ain't none of them boys equivalent to a Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant defensively. Um, I wish we could see it. I wish we could see a lot of these NBA players one-on-one because I don't know if you notice or not, Black. It's kind of like a code in the NBA. Players play each other one-on-one in practices, but we never hear about it. Yeah, it yeah. never it never leaks out. The only time that it leaked out recently was Kyrie Irving came back to practice and allegedly bust down James Harden in practice. Yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. the only thing that we've kind of gotten. Other than that, man, we don't hear about it. We don't, don't hear about it. So, so yeah, I just think that Jordan would win. I think Morant would make it a competitive. But I just think defensively, he would have nothing for Mike. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, Mike would able he would be he would get enough stops that he needed to take care of John Morant. But, you know, it's always fun. It's always fun when you get a chance to because I want to never put John Morant and Michael Jordan in the same sentence. I would not either. I wouldn't have either. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool to, you know, have those conversations and, and, and kind of talk about what we think would have taken place uh, between those two. But, hey, like you said, man, these kids got all the confidence in the world, man. You're not going to tell yeah. them nothing. And they're going to go out there, and you're going to have to give it to them. You're going to have to literally lay them out the pasture just like Kobe had to do Kyrie Irving. And if you haven't exactly. seen that video, go to YouTube, man. You can pull it right on up, man. It's, it it's one of the great It's one of the great videos that you will see between highly competitive professional athletes because you're looking at two people who do their job like better than anybody else in the world. That's what you're looking at. So yeah, it would have been cool to see. Yeah, it's, it's and it's crazy and it's crazy you said that because um, they when we was preparing for the show, they uh, uh, ESPN popped up on my screen and they, they they went back to when Kobe and Kyrie was in the Olympics. They bring it back up. Yeah. Like it popped up on my phone. I was like, dang, that's crazy. We were just talking about this. Yeah. We talked about it in the show. Yeah. And got the alert and they brought that back up. And it's the whole, it's the like the full scene, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Kyrie talking and yeah. then Kobe was like, oh, youngster. Easy you money. Know, like, <laughs> easy money. Yeah, like just just easy. It's, it's crazy to see. And and another thing, another thing I want to say real quick on this, man, we we gotta stop. Kendra, I gotta call Kendra Perkins out, man. Oh boy! Like we gotta, we gotta, D, we gotta stop this, man. Like, don't get me wrong. Me and you were born in the era where you, it was an era where you respect your OGs, you show them all the respect. You don't speak on that, but that's not this anymore. No, that's not this. You know, this is not this. Like, what's wrong with a young kid being confident in what he can, what he believe he can do? Nothing. Nothing. That's that's exactly how we're going to raise our sons, no matter. What they think, you be confident in what you do, no matter who's in front of you. If they've been doing it a decade or two before you, that doesn't mean you back down. Like, Correct. 
all this, you respect your OGs, yeah, okay. But at the same time, I got an opinion and I believe in myself as well. Correct. So, so, uh, so, uh, Kendra Perkins, he just kind of need to chill a little bit because he got kind of that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because talk about where I'm from in the hood, you, you, you respect your OGs, yeah, but at the same time, I'm a man as well. I'm a Correct. man as well. And Correct. all this, uh, you respect your OGs, you don't speak on it. No, that's that's not how we living today, bro. You 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 believe in yourself, you confident, and you talk about how you feel, and that's what John Morant did. And I'm so happy he did that. Yeah. Like when I when I first seen it, I was like, oh yeah, man, this kid got confidence, in, and I love it. I love to see it. You know, that gave me a whole different perspective about job. You know, especially yeah. with the whole, especially with the whole thing with the Warriors, the back and forth. I love that them hit him owning real estate and they bring. I love that. Like. Right. Even though they beat you, you still ain't let. That's not stopping you from saying what you want to say. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I I love it, man. I just think, I just think the old school guys need to get from under this bubble or the OGs. You gotta respect them. You can't speak on them. That that's that's not how this go no more, D. Yeah, I agree with you 100, percent man. I've been on that. Like the old heads out here in the world, and we, me and you, probably would be considered old heads at the age we at. But we yeah. don't conduct ourselves mentally that way. A lot of people are stuck in the traditional sense of a lot of things, especially when it comes to sports. And we get ready to talk about some things about college football where your granddaddy's Florida Gators or your granddaddy's or your great uncle's uh, uh, Miami Hurricanes or Florida State Seminoles, they, they, not, they don't got that same college football no more. They don't mm-hmm. have it. So we're getting ready to really talk about progression in sports and how it's important and how it's needed. It's okay to have a favorite era. It's okay to have a favorite time, the time you grew up in or the, the players that you love. It's fine. That's cool. We, we have our eras that we loved. But at the same time, the landscape of sports is changing, and I think it's changing for the better all the way around. So for Kendra Perkins to get up there with that old head mentality <laughs> – like bro, he got it. He 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 got to kind of realize. Go back to when you was 19, 20 years old, first coming into the league. I'm pretty sure when you saw Tim Duncan or or, or or whoever was out there waiting for you at the center position, I'm pretty sure you had the ability to say, "Hey, I'm gonna show this old head. I'm here too." Yeah, exactly. And he and it, it's so crazy. The older you get, how you forget that. So ain't nobody listening to Kendra Perkins, man. He could have said all that, bro. He could yeah. <laughs> he could he could have put that in the group chat, bro. He could have put that in the group chat exactly. with, with the co-host from the show. But yeah, you you hit you hit the nail on the head, man. So shout out to John Moran for having the confidence. But um, you know, a lot of people around the world, including me and Black, think you know MJ will ultimately probably get that victory. But we'll never know. We'll never, never know. know. We'll never know. You know what I wish the NBA would do? We're about to move on. I wish the NBA would put up like a million, two million, three million dollars, something like that, and get like a one-on-one tournament going. Get a, you, see, see if they can get like a one-on-one tournament. Could you imagine turning on your TV and seeing Steph Curry versus Dame Lillard one-on-one? Yeah. To a game of one twelve, that'd be with that one million, two million. It's definitely John Morant. John Morant already said he wants to participate in the in the dunk contest, but they got to up the ante a little bit. No, I'm talking about like some. I'm talking about one on one basketball. Oh yeah, well, I'm saying if you put money on it, then definitely they got the money that, to do it. That's even more at stake. Then you know what I'm saying? They got it's, the money, like, man. Yeah, they definitely got the money to do it. They could do it, but like you said, we'll never see it. Yeah, we'll, we'll never, never see it. And I, and I wonder, man. Hopefully, once maybe one day somebody get the get the nuts to be like, you know what, man, I'm gonna tell you what happened at practice, bro. 
I'm gonna tell. <laughs> I'm gonna tell what happened at practice, bro, and I'm, I'm gonna let y'all know what really went down, man. But it's a cold. Yeah. It's a cold and it's a brotherhood in the NBA, and I respect that. It, 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 it's, it's a good thing that they do have respect and they got that cold, man, because it is a fraternity. No matter how we want to look at it, the NBA is a fraternity, and um, they they definitely treat it like it. All right, all right, Black. So this past weekend, A and E, the channel A and E, rolled back out the WWE documentaries. It was a great one on the Undertaker. I encourage you guys to go watch it. Of course, The Undertaker just retired. It don't even seem like it now, but it's been a little over a year, year and a half when Undertaker, um, you know, has retired and they had a documentary on him. And it was fantastic. So I learned a couple of things myself about The Undertaker that I didn't know uh, from his past. And um, it's just a great documentary. Y'all go check that out. They're going to be running these documentaries throughout the summer, I believe. So they got some really good ones coming up. So you guys check it out. But the one thing that stood out, they have a new show called WWE Rivals. Okay. And they they talked about Shawn Michaels and they talked about Bret Hart. And boy, you talking about glued to your seat television. If you come from that era where you know about Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and their rivalry, to revisit that in a storytelling situation on TV, seeing that uh, uh, that document that documentation on that, it was so good. So it led me to think, Black, me and you, of course, everybody knows we've watched a bunch of wrestling in our day, and we still watch wrestling in our day. But when you're talking about a rivalry, those are special special times in wrestling when you can remember two dudes. Who were locked in for months, maybe even years at a time, even maybe even decades at a time. And they just went at it and gave you so many memories uh, between them two as rivals. Black, give me some of your top rivals that you just remember. They just popped up in your mind till this day. You are reminiscent of those rivalries in wrestling. Uh, I'm going to give you one. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to give you not so recent. But I know for us, and we were adult men, and it meant a lot of, a lot for me and you to see this rivalry go down. And it was like the coming of, of the, the coming of this guy. I gotta go. I gotta go to CM Punk and John Cena. Yeah. When Punk was at the top, like yeah. When we was when we was talking about it, I was like, man, like I don't know about you, but D that Punk and Cena rivalry, it seemed like it went on for like a very long time over I know a year it like, over a year it, it it got big when punk was dealing with his contract thing then he yep. went to build in chicago in his hometown yeah and it seemed like it just went on and on after that and man you want to talk about uh a rivalry that one that really stood out was that one recently with the whole pipe bomb with cm punk yep. and i mean Classic, that whole man. thing was wild like classic CM Punk literally like overnight like became one of our favorite wrestlers overnight yeah that's fact yeah and uh, that's one that really stood out and then i gotta go i gotta go back and, and go to the rock and, and stone cold like we, <laughs> we see it a lot on tv man and yeah and i can't wait till they do the rivals for this one that's the one i'm really looking forward to yeah of course what content they put out there that we don't know but uh, Stone Cold, he he said it on podcasts and anything he's been on. Like The Rock, him and The Rock, man, they were able to do some special things. Yep. Like Stone Cold said, he he would rather be in there with The Rock than anybody else. Yep. And we got to see that unfold on TV. I'm talking about 
from when when Rock and Stone Cold when they was battling for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. They weren't even battling for the belt. And I remember when Rock took the belt and threw that mug in, <laughs> yeah. in, the, lake, in the lake and missed Lake Erie or whatever wherever yeah. they were at. Yeah. He threw the mug in the, it was it was crazy. Just like just like memories, memories of the rock, especially with the and that's when the point when uh rock with the microphone was came that mug oh, yeah. The best. When he was going back and forth with Stone Cold, when he was on that, when he was on that mic, the best. He was like, "Oh man, it was like must see TV every Monday." You had yep. to see, you had to tune in the Raw because you knew the Rock and Stone yep. Cold was going to do something every Monday. Yeah. So, D, those are two the, the two that really stand out to me in right. in rivalry the WWE. There's so many. There's so many man that you could just think of. You can you can go through all the promotions, man. WCW, w, I mean, just so many. Um, but two that stand out for me that were just, you know, pause what you're doing, got to see what's going on. The first one is Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> over, I mean, probably over a decade, bro. Like, yeah. they continuously had this romantic rivalry, so to speak, if you could get what I'm saying. They hate. They started off with Stone Cold showing the world that you can just, just do whatever you want to your boss and tell him to kick rocks and shoot two birds at him and hit him with a stunner. And then, <laughs> you know, you know, he just embarrassing the man. Do you see Mr. McMahon getting his get back? And do you see Stone Cold versus the McMahon family? I mean, so many different storylines between the two. You've seen them join forces a couple of times. It's just so many different. Ups and downs between our rivalry. I just think it's the greatest rivalry of all time because the Miss the Mr. McMahon character really became strong as it did because of the Stone Cold Steve Austin character. They needed someone when Austin was at his height to rival him. There was no one. Triple H wasn't ready. Shawn Michaels was gone. Bret Hart was gone. Undertaker was kind of. He was kind of doing his own thing on the other side of the uh, in WWE, but they had no one to really match Austin's energy. So they had to take the owner of the company and really turn it into a soap opera for men. And that's exactly what they did. And yeah. it was must-see, must-see, must-see for well over a decade, man. So that's the main one that kind of sticks out into my head. And you said it, The Rock versus um, Stone Cold was another one. We talked about Shawn Michaels versus HBK. But probably my all-time rivalry moment, and it was a short rivalry. It was a, No, it, it kind of went, well, no, really. It was a really, it went a little bit. It kind of went over to WCW as well. Hulk Hogan versus the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, man. That was the first time in wrestling where they brought in reality, so to speak, into wrestling. And if you don't know the storyline, Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth were an item. Hogan and Macho Man clicked up as homeboys. And just then throughout the time, Macho Man started getting jealous and started really, you know, saying, hey, Hogan is hitting on my girl. You know, he supposed to be my homeboy. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it in layman's terms. <laughs> That's what I'm explaining it. Hogan yeah. trying to push up on my girl. I ain't with that. And then Macho Man just set him off, bro. Can't cross my dog with the belt. Beat the hell out of him in the back. And then you set up WrestleMania 5. The Mega Powers explode. Just a fantastic rivalry. And you got a sense of, man, is this real? 
I think that's probably the first time I was like, bro, is this like real deal happening? But then as you <laughs> find out, but then as you find out later on in life, Macho Man was jealous for real. Macho mm-hmm. Man, Macho Man had issues for real with trusting Elizabeth, even with Hogan in real life, uh, different people in real life. So it was a true rivalry, but they was able to bring it to the forefront. They carried it to WCW as well. So it was just a great, one of the great rivalries that kind of gets lost the older it gets. Because we're talking about like 1985, 1986. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of tell you how old I am. But that's another one that sticks out to me. Hogan uh, versus Savage, man. Especially uh, during that mega power stint that they had. So um, again, if you guys have not checked out anything on the WWE documentaries on A&E, I encourage you guys to go check them out. Like I said, Undertaker was first. Then they had the rivalry show between Shawn Michaels and Bret the Hitman Hart. Great TV. All you wrestling heads out there, if y'all want to get caught up and kind of learn something new and kind of go down memory lane and have some nostalgia, man, go check that out, man. Um, on A&E every Sunday from 8 to 10 are the documentaries, and then from 10 to 11 is the rivalry show. So y'all check that out, all right? All right, Black, let's move on into the docket, man. Black. About a year ago, about a year ago, me, you, and our college football correspondent, Cedric Farr, we sat in studio and had a passionate, heated debate on the landscape of college football. Do you remember that, Black? I do. Yes, I do. It was a very intense conversation where, just to kind of repaint the picture for everybody who's listening, I can't think of what episode it was because we almost had 200 and I don't know when it happened. But uh, we were talking about progression, and I was saying that college football is headed towards this super conference. It was headed towards this new identity, and it's coming, and it's coming fast. You can see the writings on the wall with the different teams wanting to jump conferences. Me and Sad was really on the ropes to be like, nah, man, I don't see it, bro. Ain't no way. You know, it's going to be SEC, Big Ten. It's going to be, nah, I just don't see it. It ain't no reason for it. Blah, 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 blah. And Black was kind of on the fence between me and what Sad was saying. Now, a full year later, Black, once again, we see it. You got probably the most attractive school in the Pac-12, the USC Trojans, leaving the Pac-12. They are also taking their little brother with them, the UCLA Bruins. And they are headed all the way to the Midwest to join the Big 10 as early as next year Mm. next year as well we get the texas longhorns and the oklahoma sooners leaving the big 12 and going over to the sec black it is starting to take place the rumor mill is starting to surface we just heard a few days ago that the sec is courting florida state the University of Miami, and also the University of Clemson. Those are the next three teams starting to get some traction with possibly moving from the ACC to the SEC. This super conference conversation is loud. It is in our face. And Black, what is your take on the landscape of not only college football, because this is going to affect college basketball. This is going to affect the universities, period. What are you thinking with just this sudden movement of USC, UCLA headed to the Big Ten as early as next year? Well, um, it's a big deal, D, and 
when we first discussed it, I was kind of like, oh, man, you know, I don't I was kind of on the fence because I'm all I'm off, you know, especially with football. If it's anything to make it better, the more competitive, even though college football is one of the most competitive, competitive, competitive sports. I mean, competitive sports that we get to watch. Right. And um, to see this going on, um, it's it's really a big deal. But hear me out. At the same time, I really, I really believe, I really believe that if I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm the things that I'm reading and seeing, a lot of these moves, the for me, it's it's for the competition as well, but it's also this about the money. Desk. It's also of about course. the, money, the revenue, of course. And where else would you go other than the SEC and the Big Ten? Those are the two conferences that carry the most the, the most money weight. Yeah, they're the you best know, right now. Yeah, Those are the two conferences. When you see a team like UCLA going to the Big Ten, I don't know if people get too in-depth with it, but we get in-depth in with college football very heavy. Yep. They were in a financial crisis, so they needed to move. Yeah. They needed to move yeah. to find some type because they literally was uh, – it came out that they say UCLA sports, it was dying because yeah. it had it, nothing had been really happening at UCLA. So they needed a big move like this to start some more revenue and yeah. get some more money. So they just wouldn't die away in the Pac-12. Yeah. And 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 for and for USC, it's just a even though they're the, the they were the breadwinner in the Pac-12. Yeah. You know we didn't, we didn't see a progression on the football field for for some years, but they were the team. They were the money team in the Pac-12. Yes, sir. So for them to move to the Big Ten, they're just going to stake their claim even more now. Right. Now they're going to be one of the teams you're putting in the Big Ten with the Ohio State. In a in Ohio State and a Penn State, Ohio State literally runs the Big Ten. So you <laughs> yeah. put a USC there, then they have somebody to battle with. They have somebody to battle with money wise. Yeah. And I believe I believe everything with D. Hear me out. Everything the way it's going with these kids and the NIL. Yeah. They're getting more opportunities, and these and these teams know, man, we can't stay in these conferences right. where we don't have the funds to pay these kids. We need to team up. Yeah. We need to team up and go to these conferences where these kids go. Because if you look at it, most of the kids that are signing these big NIL deals is either in the Big Ten or the SEC. Yeah. And um, and not, and not saying that the ACC and the Pac-12 the Pac does, doesn't get any of these kids to come there and sign NILs. They do, but it's more happening in the SEC and right. the, the Big Ten. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well, D, with the whole money situation. And then for competition. Yeah. For competition, yeah. man. Like, I feel like it's gonna be great. Like, we were even in the group chat, man. Think about think about uh Florida State having to go to Michigan or Florida having to go to Ohio State. Or yep. I'm just 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 random or or US or USC having to uh Go down to Bama, or you know, what I'm saying just it's just crazy things to think about because right. not crazy because that's those things are going to happen. Excuse me, saying crazy, we are going to get right. those type of games once this unfolds, once everything unfolds. D is here, it's here, yeah. it's happening, it's going to happen, it's yeah. going to be more of it. Report came out today. SMU is in SMU is is in contact with the ACC about moving to the ACC. So yep. I'm like, it's it's, it's it's stuff happening. 
Yeah. So you may not see you may not see the smaller schools in these conferences, but your big major schools that's on the top of these other conferences, they're going to go to the major, the two major conferences, which is the SEC and the right. Big Ten. But the I love it for football. The game is changing. It wasn't. It's, it wasn't this way when we were kids. When we were loving it, we we all it it always was a competition thing. Yeah. Now it's more of a money thing, more of yeah. an NIL thing. Right. It's, all this is is causing change. Since yeah. NIL has been popular. You've got more movement in college football and the way things are going to be done. So yeah. I lo- I love it for college football. I'm going to always be a college football guy, no matter what it do. Right. What what happens. Right. And I believe that they them doing it this way and having two mega conferences is going to is, is going to put a lot of great football that we're going to be able to see on on Saturdays, like games we wouldn't even imagine. You would think you probably see in a national championship or bowl games. You're going to be getting on regular Saturdays here. So D for me, I love it, but I understand the era that we in and things are changing around football and yeah. nil and yeah. then also. Uh, big TV deals and money has a lot to play with that. Yeah, for me, if you if you go back to when we were kids, before we knew it, you had the AP poll and you had the coaches poll. What determined what teams played for the national championship? Well, it was the AP poll. If you finished one and then you finished two in the AP, you would play for a national championship. If you were undefeated in the coaches poll, you had a chance to split. For a national championship. We seen Michigan and Colorado do that. We seen Washington and I forget the other school who they split with. We seen that a couple of times. Okay. Then by the time we get the coming out of middle school, going into our high school days, what was introduced? The BCS. The Bowl Championship Series was introduced. More progression is starting to take place. A computer system to pick what teams play for the title and what teams go to these big-time bowl games. Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl. This is what we were getting. Then you progress to what? You progress to the college football playoff, and then you got New Year's six-day bowls. Now, here's what the hiccup has happened for college football over the past decade with the playoff. You're getting the same teams. Not only are you getting the same teams, the reason why you're getting them is because in conference, there's nothing changing there. Alabama is getting to the national championship every year for two reasons. Yes, are they the best recruited and best coached uh, organization in college football? Yes, they are. They have been. But they play Vanderbilt. They play Vanderbilt. Yeah. They play an Ole Miss team who can't win more than eight games never. They played Kentucky, who just started winning eight games a year three years ago. Can you can you sit here and tell me that if Alabama's schedule rolled out and they had to not only play uh, Georgia, continue to play Auburn, sprinkle Florida in there. Oh, and by the way, you got to go out to Texas. By the way, here come the Sooners. Oh, and by the way, in late December, you're going to have to take a trip out there to play Clemson. <laughs> Am I saying Alabama would not be able to beat these teams? No, I'm not saying that. But, boy, would it be interesting to look on your schedule on late December and for a chance to play for the SEC championship game, you had Alabama at Clemson on a Saturday night. Ooh, that thing would be rocking, boy. And Ooh. then you look at you look at the landscape of all of this. 
Florida State, yep. they ran the ACC for as long as me and you have been alive. Just recently, Florida State has went through troubles in their program with not keeping coaches and players and winning. We know what's going on with Florida State. But historically, historically, they dominated the ACC. You could pencil yeah. in Florida State for the ACC, correct? Yes. Could yes. you imagine Florida State having back-to-back weeks saying, man, we got to go to Texas. And then next week when we get done with Texas, we got to go play the dogs in Georgia. Mm, mm, mm. Can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> out in can you imagine out in the Big Ten, Ohio State having to deal with a raucous, rowdy Michigan team? And then the following week, guess who's uh you gotta go see? You gotta fly out to LA to go deal with USC and Lincoln Riley. Yeah. It's just a lot of possibilities there. What college football fan doesn't want the possibilities? You want your same old granddaddy's college football. That's a wrap, dog. That's a wrap. Recruiting, the landscape of recruiting is about to change significantly. Because now, when you're talking about Big Ten play, somebody who's going to visit Penn State and loves the Big Ten, guess what? They'll have a recruiting visit from USC the next day, have a chance to go to Los Angeles. It's a lot. It's a lot in this pot. It's even too much to unwrap right now. The NIL you spoke on, Black. These boys getting paper. These boys want money, and they're going to these conferences that are going to generate them an opportunity to make some money. That's what they're doing. There's so much to unpack here. You want a true playoff? You want to extend the playoff? That's what you want to do? Fine. Give me the SEC. Give me the Big Ten. Load it up to 16 to 20 or 24 schools. Split them up in divisions like they do in the NFL. Get you an AFC and an NFC. Get you an AFC South, AFC West, AFC East, AFC North. Split it up. Put four to five teams in each division and let them go at it. You want an at-large bid? Cool. We'll keep the Big 12. We'll keep the SEC. We'll keep the Pac-12. We'll bring in the uh, uh, the, 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 the Mid-Atlantic. We'll bring all the smaller schools in. If you want to get an at-large bid to the playoff, you worry about what you got to worry about over here. But over here in these super conferences, hey, guess what, bro? Guess what? <laughs> You're going to have to get it from the mud, dog. Yeah. And guess what? There's a school out there right now that's going to join the conference, and it's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They've been Ooh. independent for decades. That time is coming to an end. Because you want to know why the Irish hadn't had to join the conference? Because of TV money through NBC. Well, guess what? That TV revenue money that Notre Dame has been experiencing, guess what? Everybody else going to be getting that money too. And it's going to be more than what a Notre Dame is getting. So you know what Notre Dame is going to do? They're either going to go one way. They're going to come down south to the SEC or they're going to go Midwest to the Big Ten. Yeah. That's what, that's what they're going to do. So I'm really infatuated with the rapid pace of this, because I'm going to tell you right now, if my phone goes off at any second to let me know that Florida State, Miami, and Clemson are headed to the SEC, oh, everybody else better get home, and they better get home quick. <laughs> they better be getting on the phones, and they better be trying to find out how in God's name can we get to one of these conferences. Mm-hmm. 
Because that's what's finna happen, dog. Yeah. In the next book it, in the next five years, in the next five, bruh, you're going to have these powerhouse conferences and you're going to have those smaller conferences around and you're going to see a new college football. The playoff will be expanded from four to eight to hell, maybe even 12 teams in a tournament. Because these bowl games don't mean like that much like they used to. You want to know they, why? They don't. You want to know why they don't mean? You want to know why the Fiesta Bowl don't mean that much no more? Because these boys are ready to go pro. But you want to know what's going to make somebody interested in the Fiesta Bowl who get ready to go pro? Get that boy by a couple of dollars. Yeah. Get that boy a couple of dollars. Increase your product because it will do that. Increase your product. And give me a game worth watching in the playoffs, bro. I we've had the conversation. Who wants to see Alabama at a number one seed beat down in Cincinnati at a 12th seed? It's not about that. It's about the money. It's about the opportunity. It's about reshaping and reforming the landscape of college athletics. And we're getting it every single day. Mm-hmm. We're getting it every day. We're seeing new headlines every day around college sports. <clears throat> and I will call somebody a liar to their face. If they didn't want to, if they sit here and told me that, bruh, I'm going to that Texas, that Florida game next weekend. Oh, dang. I'm going out there, bruh. Oh, and by the way, when I get done with that, I'm going to get them tickets, boy, to see Georgia out there in Tallahassee, bro. <laughs> and by the way, when I'm done with that, I'm going to go check out, man, what's going on, man. Because I know out there, man, uh, where the Iowa Hawkeyes play on Friday nights, I want to see what USC got going on out there, boy, when it's 20 degrees on a Friday night. Ooh, it's just too much to think about. And as a fan, yeah, as a fan, you mean to tell me you don't want to see the progression? I find that hard to believe. So this is happening. I'm glad that is happening. The super conference conversation will continue. We know we're going to be covering everything that comes along with this super conference conversation. And I want to ask you one more thing, black, before we move on, what do you say to the people out there who just say, no, I want my old college football back. I want my tradition to stay intact. I want my Florida versus Kentucky. I want my Georgia versus South Carolina. I want my SEC or my Big Ten uh, uh, traditional games. I don't want nothing to do with Georgia at Oklahoma. I don't want nothing to do with that. What do you say to those folks? Well, you can want a lot of things, my boy. That don't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> real. That don't mean it's gonna happen. And man, things things are changing. The right. Man, they, 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 let's let's really sit You're back and think about it. If we're looking at sports, let's just look at sports now. Let and let's go back. What you want to let's say five, maybe let's go five to ten years. Doesn't all sports look different now? Yeah, the, the, all it of it does. Different. Look at look look. I'm, this just I know we're not talking about golf here, but. Look at yeah. look at what what the golf is going through. Yeah. The PGA Tour may be no more. Yeah, may be no more. Yeah, with these with these golfers leaving the PGA to go to this live. other expansion type golf, whatever it is. Yeah, live golf. 
yeah, like even in golf is changing. Yeah. In sports, things are changing. Momentum is, is momentum is happening. Yep. And it all has to do with revenue and money. Yeah. <laughs> and TV, I mean, this is what it has to do. This is what it's about for sports. And the I believe people the, the people that are over these conferences and the NCAA, they love what's going on. Of course. It's creating of course. so much more for them. It's creating so much more. And then you hear you, you hear, I want to get into this too. Then you hear people say, Well, man, they're giving these kids all this money. No kid, that's gonna take the that's gonna take the heart and soul out of the game. These kids, no, it won't. Seven million, seven million, eight million dollars. They ain't gonna know how to act with no, that it type won't. of money. This is college football. You know what that money is gonna make them do? That's gonna make them want more money. Yes, more money. It's yes. not gonna change the game of football. We were able to see a Heisman Trophy winner last year, who was the highest paid NIL guy out there. Yeah, the Heisman. And potentially finna be the number one pick in the draft. Easy money. Easy. And Easy. then you got the kid from uh, Ohio State. He's making the second most money. And look at what he's doing. And look he's at Caleb Williams. Look at Caleb Williams there. at USC. Yeah, he's still going out there every Saturday. He's still going out there every Saturday throwing for almost 500 yards a game. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't like these notions of it's going to change the game and things need to stay the same. Look, I get it. I we also come me and D also come up in the era where things shouldn't change. I get it, I understand it, but if you don't ride that wave of change, you're going to get left behind. Yes, you are. You're going to get left behind. Yes, you are. And, and, and it's good for sports. This show you that sports is evolving. Sports are evolving, and that's what we want to see. Not just in football, not just in basketball. Everywhere, yes, everywhere, even in yes. soccer, even in golf, it's changing. Yes, we we're seeing more now in soccer. Guys taking control more of their career. What they want to go play golf? Christine Ronaldo just left his team in the middle of a two two hundred and some deal. Said he want to go elsewhere. Yeah, and he just signed a deal for over close to three hundred million dollars. <laughs> like it's. Cha- I'm just saying it's. Cha- you see what I'm saying though, right? Yeah, the lands- yeah, it's just changing. The landscape of sports are changing. Uh, athletes are speaking up more. They know what they want. They know what they want to do, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> and they ultimately, that's and they ultimately have the power. The athlete has they the do. power. They do. And so, for all you, I want things to say the same. Well, you can sit right there and wait on it, buddy, because it's, it's, it's yeah. changing. Yeah, you can. You can it's sit changing. there. <laughs> yeah, you can sit there this Saturday at twelve o'clock and look forward to South Carolina versus Kentucky, bro. <laughs> you can look forward to that, my boy. Cause in a couple it's, of years, cause in a yeah. couple of years, you ain't getting no South Carolina versus no Kentucky at twelve o'clock, my boy. You're not, and you and and believe it or not, D. If these if this continues to grow and grow, and teams add in, you might not never get a Georgia versus Vanderbilt anymore. Mm-hmm. A Kentucky versus versus Georgia. That might not be the game anymore. They may not. They may play each other every. Three to four years because mm-hmm. so many teams in the conference. Yeah, they not, that's that's how you know how when when you're on one side you might play another scheme. What two to two to three years? Every two to three years. Yeah, every four them. years. You know, every four years. But that's the that's the way it could become if you have all these teams get into these two conferences like that. Yeah, you're not going to be playing the same teams every week. And in my opinion, if this keep happening, teams like Vanderbilt and 
teams like Vanderbilt are going to have to figure out what they do because they ain't won nothing in the SEC. Yeah, and they won't win. Like, won't. Do, do we need to stay in the SEC or do we need to go somewhere else because yeah, it's, we already not competing? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it, it, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot that yeah. transpire in the next five years. It's going to yeah. be a lot. And I think it's overly healthy for the progression of this sport and it's healthy for the progression of college football. And I absolutely love it. And 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 my answer to the people out there who want their granddaddy's college football, kick rocks, bro. <laughs> go go rent you a, 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 a go get you a YouTube channel, bro, or go on YouTube, matter of fact, and find you them old school ball games and and watch them, dog. Because this is a new era, and I welcome the era, bro. I welcome the era, so I hope, I hope within the next five years, we have two super conferences. You take those super conferences and you make divisions within the conferences. Mm-hmm. Determine the playoffs through the divisions. You get a champion that come out of the SEC representing the SEC, and you got a champion coming out of the Big Ten representing the Big Ten, and then you got your at-large bids, and you do whatever how you need to do. You do whatever needs to do to incorporate the at-large bids, and let's get this thing rolling, bro. Let's get this thing yeah. rolling because me and Black go mess around to be in Ann Arbor, Michigan, man, and Florida State got to go out there, bro. Oh, man. That's a hundred thousand there, boy. Yeah, we we going to have to make us a trip, bro. <laughs> because now we're seeing things that we fantasized about as kids. Yeah. We're going to see Texas and Florida play. We're and going to see want- Georgia versus Oklahoma. And you want to know something for, for all those old heads who traditional and you want to know what, D, if you really sit back and look at it and listen to what we're saying, all you finna do is get 90s football again. Correct. When everybody was playing everybody. Everybody was playing everybody. That's if for you old heads don't want nothing to change, you finna go back to 90s football. Yeah, that's exactly right, Black. Well said. Well said. That's a great point. It was times when Florida State had to go out to Nebraska and play Nebraska. Yes, sir. It was times Florida State had to go and play Michigan State at Michigan State. Yeah. Well said, like, man. That, well said. That's what's that's what it's going to go back to. But now it's just, it's more, it's more behind it now. Absolutely. It's more behind <laughs> it. But that's what it's going to, that's what we grew up on 90s football. Mm-hmm. Like grew up when everybody was playing everybody, you ain't get to pick and choose. They gave you your schedule. No, you're going to go here. You're going to go there. Yeah. you go. And that's what it did on top of where you had to go at, out of your conference. Then you got to play all the teams in your conference. Yep. Yeah. So that's what that's what it's gonna go back to. It's gonna be like the nineties. Looking forward to it. It's a, a little more it's it's gonna be more enhanced now than the nineties. Looking forward saying? to it, man. Yeah, I'm looking exactly. forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So of course we're gonna follow this development, man. We've been having small conversations in our group chat. Um shout out to the boys in the green room, but we've been having small conversations in our group chat and um it's gonna be fun, man, as we get closer and closer and 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 next year we're gonna start seeing some of this change. You're gonna see USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. You're gonna see Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. We're gonna start seeing this, man. And um, I'm looking forward to the next five years in college football specifically. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the landscape of just college athletics is going to look like overall. It's gonna be a journey, 
a journey that's going to be super exciting, and 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 me and Black are going to be covering it as every piece of it that rolls out, man. We're going to be covering it, man, for sure, for sure. Bruh, do one more quick thing on that, bro. Listen to me. Now you remember '90s football, right? Of course. Think about what we finna get again. You finna get Texas versus Texas A&M again. Yep. Yep. And the SEC. Some some of these rivalries we lost, we finna get them again. Like people, <laughs> people. I don't think people really understand like the the magnitude of the type of games that we finna get, and like how high the stakes are going to be even more now with this change every single Saturday. Yep. Every Saturday. Like it's, it's exciting, man. Exciting. It's going to be crazy to watch every Saturday. That, like they were just talking about some of the robberies that we could potentially have again. They were talking about the, uh, the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pitt. You know how those used to go down in the nineties, yeah. bro. Like the early two thousand, how them games used to be. Like yeah. we could potentially get some rivals rivalries that we lost and get them to come back with mm-hmm. this alliance, with this alliance with the two conferences. So I I, I love it, man. And 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 I believe that uh, on the competitive side, it's going to be. The stake is going to be at an all-time high, D, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, excited, man, and we look forward to covering it for sure, man. All right, man, so before we wrap up the show, man, the NFL, we're going to scroll over to the NFL, and the the coaches and the executives and the owners, they're starting to roll out their top 10, uh, top five, top 10 list uh, for quarterback, running back, receivers, and so forth and so on. So they've already rolled out the first two. Uh, listen, we're going to start with the quarterbacks, man. We're going to go to the top five. We're going to start there, the top five quarterbacks that they have ranked going into this next season. So at number five, Black, they got Joey B, the boss, Joe Burrow at number five. At number four, they got the unretired, retired, unretired Tom Brady coming in at number four. At number three, they got your guy, Josh Allen, at number three. At number two, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And to my surprise, at number one, they have Aaron Bleeping Rodgers at number one. Black, what is your, do you have any gripe? Do you disagree? Do you have another number one? How do you feel about this top five portion of the top five quarterbacks going into this NFL season? Um, uh, I'm really, I'm really overhearing Rodgers' name at one, but I can understand why. He's won the MVP back-to-back seasons. I mean, numbers are freaking incredible. But I think this year really going to tell the tale for him if he really keeps it. You know, not having no Devontae Adams. We're going to really see is Rodgers, you know, without those, without that main weapon and uh, that he has lost, what 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 can he do? Um, Pat Mahomes. It's, it's 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 up and down. He I feel like I feel like he kind of took a Took a back this year. He he had a lot of struggles this year, and um, so him at number two, I'm 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 cool with it. Tom Brady at three, he the goat man. So he like he deserves to be in the top five until he leaves this game. Like <laughs> I just, it's no way you cannot put him in the top five. He he the goat and he's still doing it, you know, at his age and and then you know having Josh Allen in there, you know, he's coming. We got to see a lot, a lot from him, especially in the game with him. No, 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 no. Josh Allen is here. He's not coming. He's here. Well, he he, he still some of those guys we talk about have has won MVPs. Deep. No, we're uh, talking about going into the season. We're not talking about what they've accomplished. 
We're talking okay. about going into this season based off what they did last year. Okay, well, okay, yeah, then uh okay, he has arrived, but he's here. Like he, got a, he, he got a lot he got a lot more he gotta accomplish this year for me to put him in that one two range. Okay. And um I like well I, I Joe Burrow. I, I, I like where he is. I want to see what he what he do this year as well. They had an amazing year last year, so I'm cool with him at five. I feel like he could be moved up to some more uh, at some point, but I'm cool with the top five of the quarterbacks they have in the top five. Really no gripe for me. Just All really right. want to see what, uh, if Aaron Rodgers could could stay number one, you know, because the landscape for him in Green Bay looks a lot different now. Yeah, I think for me, I have a complete different shakeup here. I get okay. the rankings with Aaron Rodgers at number one based on what he did last year during the regular season, back-to-back MVPs. I got it. I'm, I'm, I got you. I understand it. It makes sense to put him at number one. But I'm going off of what my eyes are telling me, dog. My eyes are telling me that Josh Allen is the number one quarterback coming to this year. Really? What he did last year and especially what he did in the playoffs – we all know how Josh Allen lost the, the uh, AFC championship game, AFC division around, right? Yes. He didn't touch the ball in overtime. We know that Josh Allen went 38 for 40 in that game against uh, Pat Mahomes, right? And didn't turn the ball over and had close to 450 yards passing with five, four, four, five touchdown passes, right? We, we saw that, right? We did. And if, if, if the Buffalo Bills would have won that coin toss and got that ball first... I'm pretty confident that the Buffalo Bills would have been going to the AFC Championship game. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. <laughs> so the last time I saw Josh Allen, he had a perfect game. And the reason he lost that game is because he didn't touch the football. Now, the rules yeah. are what they are. The overtime rules in the NFL are the most trash rules in all the sports. Well, that's changing. That's changing. That is changing, but I'm going yeah. off what I saw. Let's go. For me, I got Josh Allen coming in at number one. I got... Uh, Patrick Mahomes coming in at number two. Patty had a tough year last year. He had a tough year, but he rebounded very nicely in the second half of the season going into the playoffs. Now, in my opinion, Pat Mahomes got something to prove this year. The Mm. way they flamed out in the playoffs against the Cincinnati Bengals is unacceptable. Yes, it is. You're up 21 to nothing at home. And Joey B and the Bengals run you down to get to a Super Bowl. I don't know if anybody else is considering the conversations about this, what Patrick Mahomes and what Andy Reid and those Kansas City Chiefs did last year, but that was pathetic, dog. It was. That should leave a bad taste in a lot of football fans' mouths. I think the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes got something to prove, but coming in this year, I got him at number two. Number three for me, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh I'm gonna give Aaron Rodgers his love at three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Aaron Rodgers at three. I'm gonna put him at three. I'm gonna put the goat at four. I'm gonna put Tommy at four because you're right, Black. As long as man saying hut, he got to be somewhere in the five. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't given us. He has not given us a reason a reason not to put him in the top five. So I got Tommy at five. I mean at four. And at number five, I got Matthew Stafford at five. Ooh. Where's where's the Matthew Stafford love? No joke. Did we see Matthew Stafford 
in the second half of the season, going into the playoffs, did we see the numbers he put up against Tommy in Tampa? Did we see the last second drive to get the Rams on top of the 49ers before Aaron Donald and that defense shut down the game? Did we not see what Stafford did? Hello? Who threw the ball to Cooper Cup last year? Who threw it to him? Yeah. It was Matthew Stafford. So Joey B had a fantastic playoff run. Don't get me wrong. It was magical what we saw. I got to see a little bit more from Joey B. I got to see if this is going to be a consistent trend with Joey B. I also like Derek Carr. He had a great year last year. Was Derek Carr, was Joey B that much better than Derek Carr last year in the regular season? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he wasn't that much better. I'm going to say that. So I got Joey B looking right outside the top five. But I'm going to give Matthew Stafford that love, man. Matthew Stafford at number five for me, dog. I got him at number five. Super Bowl winning champion. He was responsible for the years that Cooper Cup had. He was responsible for a lot of success that the Rams had. And talk about pressure. He was traded from the Lions to the Rams. And in his first year with the Rams, he won a Super Bowl? We're not going to acknowledge that, nobody? (laughs) I'm going to acknowledge that. So for me, I got Josh Allen at one. Patty Mahomeboy at two. I got Aaron at three. Tommy at four, and I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford, man, at number five for me. That's my list, man, going into this season. I got one question. I got to ask you this. I got to get with you about something. All right. Josh Allen. Yeah. In your opinion, say he had to, you had to see a lot more from him just based off the year year from that. You say you had to see a lot more. Now, you telling me you've had enough sample size to say going into the season that he's a that he's the number one quarterback. And I need you to explain that to me because you was the one that was really tough on him leading up into last year. So do you feel like you've seen enough from him to say he's the number one quarterback going into the year? I have. Going into last season, you're right. I was hard on Josh Allen because he was being anointed. He was being anointed, and I didn't see him win any division. I didn't see him own or I didn't see Buffalo dominate <laughs> From an offensive standpoint, on a consistent basis, the year before last, they Buffalo came out the gate slow, but then they picked it up and they got going later on in the second half of the year. And that was because of Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen jumped up to be the uh, the pure leader for the Buffalo Bills late in the season last year. What he did to the New England Patriots. <laughs> was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. After losing to them in Foxborough, he showed me growth. I saw maturity in his play. I seen the connection with him and Stefan Diggs be something of utter beauty. He catapulted, in my opinion, to one of the elite of the elite what he did last year. Going into the playoffs, are you serious? Are you serious? The yeah. man had 12 touchdowns and no picks in the playoffs. He did. They said he had the best numbers in the playoffs. He had the best QBR by far in all of the playoffs last year. <laughs> and the only reason he did not get to the AFC Championship game is because he did not 
touch the football in overtime. Yeah. Josh Allen was sensational on all fronts last year. He could have been the MVP of the league last year if it weren't for Aaron just going nuts. Yep. Josh Allen, I believe he finished second in the MVP voting. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I'm sure. I think he has arrived. I think that this year, I think the Buffalo Bills could definitely be the team to represent the AFC this year. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm weighing my options for when we do our prediction show of putting them in the AFC to go to this year's Super Bowl. I like what they're I like the coaching there, the addition of Von Miller. I like the offense coming back to a T. And the, he's only going to get better, bro. Yeah, you're right. So he that's just how I feel. Yeah, Josh Allen showed me last year that uh yeah, he got my respect, and I think he's the number one quarterback coming into this season. Okay, okay. Yes, sir. All right, man. So let's get into the running backs, man. We had the running back list come about. We got a top five list here. So at number five, Alvin Kamara from the New Orleans States, uh, New Orleans Saints, Saints, Stands Pack. At four, Minnesota Vikings superstar Dalvin Cook. At three, my favorite, Chubb Rock from the Cleveland <laughs> Browns sitting at number three. At number two, we got uh, uh, Taylor. Uh, what's his first name? Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts, who had that fantastic season last year. And then at number one, they still got King Henry. King yeah. Henry is still at number one. I think it's safe to say we could start there, Black. Is Derrick Henry still the best back pound for pound in all of football? Uh, and we basically is going into the season, right? Based on what we've seen That's last year. That's what they year. said. They're basing it going into the season. In my opinion, he's not one. Okay. He's not one. Coming off that horrible injury, we did get to see a piece of him in the playoffs, and it didn't look well. So I don't know. I don't know how he's going to look coming into this season. But um, I got to put Jonathan Taylor at one because what this man did last year, man. I mean, it's even though they didn't reach the playoffs, he literally put the coats on his back because. Uh, Carson Wentz was pretty trash. Was pretty <laughs> trash. He put this team yeah. on his back, and if it wasn't if it wasn't for uh, the home team putting a stop to that, they probably would. He probably would have rolled it into the hey, playoffs. Bro, you listening to the sports? You dance. know, so I gotta put him at number one. But D, I'm going to move King Henry down to three. Okay. And I'm going to bring Alvin Kamara up from five to mm. two. I'm going to bring him up from five to that two spot. Wow. Over Dalvin Cook last year? Yeah, I, I really like Alvin Kamara. All right. Like, he's a do-it-all back. He catches the ball. He gives you receiving yards. He's, he give you he give you a number. He, get, he gets it a lot of different ways. And then his quarterback situation that he had last year, once Jameis went down, it was horrid, and he still had a, a good year. So I'm going to put him – I'm going to put him up at two. I'm going to put Chubb Rock at three. I mean, I'm going to put Chubb Rock at four, and then I'm going to put who was the other back? I'm sorry. I'm going to put Dalvin Cook. Uh, I'm going to put Dalvin Cook at five. I wow. Mean, okay. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he he did he had an amazing year, but man, that that passing game that passing game with Jefferson and Thielen and that opened up a lot for him. That opened up a whole bunch. But the okay. guys that I'm putting in front of him, in front of them. 
they literally had stacked box against them and was able to get it done. Okay. So that's how that's how I'm gonna switch around my top five running backs, D. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, for me, um, I'm with you. I'm gonna give Jonathan Taylor that respect. Um, I'm going to put him at number one slightly. I did consider leaving King Henry at one because we saw his importance when he was there versus when he was not there. Tennessee kind of hung on to that number one seed because if you think about it, they jumped out the gate so decent last year, they was able to kind of hold on to that number one seed when King Henry went down. So mm. his importance was noticeable, but Jonathan Taylor, he earned that spot, man. He had a fantastic Fantastic season. I'm gonna keep King. I'm gonna keep King Henry at two. I'm gonna put Dalvin Cook at three. I just, oh, I just remember Dalvin Cook's year last year, and I get what you're saying. Minnesota has tons of weapons, but man, when he got into that open space, he was fantastic. And plus, he really improved on running between the tackles, going up the gut, getting to the outside, and having some big time runs for the Vikings last year. I was very close to putting Chubb Rock at three because that's my boy. <laughs> I love Chubb Rock. But Dalvin Cook, from what I remember, I think he had a little bit better season. Chubb Rock did deal with some injury last year. But um, I'm going to put Dalvin Cook at number three. I'm going to put Alvin Kamara at number four. I do agree with you. Alvin Kamara was tested last year. He was mm-hmm. tested. He went through a lot. He was the bulk of that offense. I mean, no Michael Thomas. No uh, quarterback. I mean, my God, what a barn fire were the New Orleans Saints last year. But Kamara was still able to be the focal point of an offense, and he was able to have some impact within that offense. You can still see how durable he can be and how important he is to that offense. And if he gets a little bit of help, Alvin Kamara can have a bounce-back explosive year this year. And at number five, I'm going to put Chubb Rock. I'm going to put Chubb Rock. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be fair. Chubb Rock dealt with some injury last year, but when he was available, my God, did he not make a difference for the Cleveland Browns. And I'm going to be real with you. At the end of this season, I wouldn't be surprised if Chubb Rock's the number one running back on this list. Hey, I was just going to say that. Did you beat me to it? Yeah, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, especially what's going to happen with Deshaun, what yes. if, if whatever happens with Deshaun, a healthy O-line, the, the Cleveland Browns offensive line might be the best in football. They might be. They might be. So if Charles Brock can stay healthy, a lot of weapons around there out there in Cleveland, at the end of this year, man, we could be talking about Charles Brock being the best back in the league this year. We could be saying that. Yeah, it, it, it's all it's going to take. All it's going to take is for him to stay healthy because think about it. If this whole thing with Deshaun come down where he's going to miss the whole year, you're going to be talking about Kobe Brissett being the quarterback. And you're going to have to lean on Chubb Rock. A whole lot of Chubb Rock. You're going to have to lean on him. And man, we didn't. He didn't. He didn't gave us. He didn't gave. He hadn't been have. He hadn't been able since he's been in the league to uh, stay healthy the a full season. He's always been hurt or missed games here. He's a and workhorse, there. man. He is you a know, workhorse. He's workhorse. But if he can stay healthy, Johnson Johnson Taylor stay healthy the whole year. He did. You see what type of year he had. He did. If, if, Chubb, if Chubb Rock can stay healthy. You talk about the lead in Russia and maybe even the uh, lead the league in touchdowns, just like Jonathan Taylor did. Yeah, yeah. So I could, I could definitely, I have to agree with you with that one. I could definitely see Chubb Rock being the number one running back by season's end. Yeah, big fan of Chubb Rock, man. And um, like you said, he he could definitely hold it down as a number one. But but you got a good group of backs here, and you know how it is in the NFL. Every year you get like a new talent. 
a new running yeah. back that kind of rises to the surface. Every year, it's like you get a new guy. Like, who is this out here running for 16, 1800 yards? Who is this guy? Mm-hmm. So running backs are so – I hate to say it like this, but it's true. Running backs are so – you can get them anywhere these days, bro. You can. You can get, And if you and put them behind a, a decent offensive line and a good offensive scheme – Man, watch out, man. You might have your new 16, 700-yard rush in the league. Yeah, and watch out. Just want to say, watch out for watch out for Niger this year. He could work his way into the top five. He could. In my opinion, he could. Because, like, we don't know what they quarterback situation going to be in Pittsburgh. We don't know. No, we don't know. We don't know what's happening there, but he could potentially work, try to work his way by season's end into that top five if uh, I can see he has it. an amazing year. I yeah. can definitely see it. I can definitely see it, man. So we're getting headed. You know, we're going into football season, man. So we're starting to crank up. Um, This Kevin Durant news has kind of got everything hostage right now. So we're trying to wait to get that going. And we're going to be heading into it, man. College football season is fastly approaching. The NFL season is fastly approaching. We're going to be getting to some schedules. We're going to be getting to some predictions. We're going to be getting into some what else. We're going to get into this football uh, season. I know a lot of y'all are waiting patiently for us to tackle a football. We're going to be getting our college football correspondent, Cedric Farr. We're going to be getting with uh, our Jaguars correspondent, uh, Rashad Robinson, Freddie Briggs. We're going to be introducing uh, our, our guy, Kevin Dunbar, to the show this year. So we're going to be getting um, uh, some real good, healthy football talk, man. Your dog game of the week is going to be making its way back. I know y'all love that segment. Um, Just a lot, man. A lot of college and a lot of pro football. We're getting ready to really crank it up, man. So uh, y'all be on the lookout for that. So that's really going to wrap up today's show, man. We want to put something together for sure and get out here and put out an episode for y'all. So we hope you enjoyed the content uh, that was rolled out on episode 184. Black, anything before we get you out, bro? No, man, just appreciate all the love and support, man, that we get from our listeners, man. Y'all keep rocking with us, man. We're going to continue to give y'all great content. Content. Appreciate all the love and support. New stuff coming from the sports desk, okay? New stuff is going to be coming. The YouTube channel is on the way. We're going to be introducing some new content there. Um, We're going to be working on getting some merch out this year as well. So the football year is going to be bringing a lot of opportunities and a lot more new things uh, kind of get a sports that's a little facelift, man. Get you, give you guys opportunity to see our faces and get some kind of some different type of content out there. We know y'all love the weekly episodes on the podcast, but um, it's time for the sports sets to really start expanding. And piece by piece, man, we're going to be doing that. So be on the lookout for uh, new content throughout the football season going into 2023. And we're super excited, man, to really uh, start this uh, next phase uh, of the sports desk. All right. All right, Black, we're going to get you out, man, and uh, I'm going to hit you up, my guy. All right, my boy. All right, now. All right, y'all, so we hope y'all enjoyed uh, this episode of the Sports Test. Of course, if we get any breaking news with Kevin Durant, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, or anything for that matter, we'll be right back with an updated episode. Shout out to Reduce Lunch, Freddie Bricks. Shout out to NPN Network. Uh, just really appreciate all the support that we get. Uh, from those brands for sure. All right. So, so you got one more time, Desiree L. Hicks Jr., one half of your sportsologist. 
Um, keep keep sharing the show, man. Keep liking the show, retweeting it, sharing it. Tell your barber, your uncle, your brother, your sister, your pool man, your mailman, your supervisor, your associates, your 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 your, your anybody, your your son, your daughter, your side chick, your 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 your, your, your main thing. Tell them it. Tell them all, man. It's a it's a new sports desk. A new sports show in town, and DM Black, they really giving it to him raw and uncut, man. So uh, keep spreading the show, and we definitely appreciate all the support uh, that we get from y'all, man. So again, until next time, man, y'all be cool, y'all be safe, y'all take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll see you guys on the very next episode, 185 of the Sports Test. Man, we almost 200. That's crazy. Listening to the sports desk. Hey, this reduce lunch sports. No, 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 no. You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk.